our cups to him continually and every day we give ourselves to him it's the most worthy cause that we can live for god bless you welcome to the service good to be here don't look at who's not here look at everybody who is here sister dana nice to see you again god bless you good to be in the house of the lord amen we're just going to um just want to make maybe make mention i was uh, speaking with brother robert wilson he's from Chicago. We kind of work together with him, and he goes into places not everybody goes. And uh, he maybe goes on the road less traveled, but he's gone into some of the countries and different places. He's just now going into South Africa, and he's going into Soweto, which is sort of the black townships. And he can go there because he's, he fits right in, but he also is willing to do it. And so he's going with a visiting brother, he just said, remember me in prayer. I said, I'll do that to the, mention it to the church tonight. So we'll remember him. How many else would have a need tonight? Let's just uh, bow our heads. We're going to have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you already for prayers that have been offered, the songs that have been sung. Lord, it's midweek. We've been in the middle of the work week. We've had many things come and go our way. But now, Lord, we want to take a few moments just to sit at your feet, to learn of you. Father, it's, it's always, anytime we come and we give to you, Lord, you never leave us empty. Lord, you always deposit something. You always yes. give something. Lord, I pray that you'd honor the faith of your people that have come tonight, that have laid themselves aside. And I pray that you'll bless them, that you'll feed their souls. Lord, while we're here, we remember the needs. We thank you already for the testimony that we heard, Lord. We're grateful, Lord, that you've touched Sister Sharon. We pray that you'd continue to make her whole, Lord. Father, we also want to come and remember our brother Robert as he's now just traveling overseas. Lord, we ask that you'll just have an angel guard about him, that you'll bless him, you'll watch over him. Lord, that you'll give him wisdom and unction of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we're looking for that last sheep to come in. We pray that you will lead him. We pray that you'll inspire him, protect him, watch over his family. We commit him into your hands. And now, Lord, we commit the service, the reading of the word into your hands. Bless us together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's all the singing we'll do. We'll go directly to the word. I'd like you to keep your Bibles open tonight, and uh, we're going to... Maybe go through a few scriptures. It's just a down-home service. And uh, we're all here just to sit at the table. Hebrews chapter 2, if you will. I've been taking thoughts out of Hebrews and maybe not just going chronologically, but as a thought would come and the Lord brings it to me, I just want to follow through on it. So Hebrews chapter 2. Sister Ruth, did you get the scriptures? Thank you. Okay. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to turn to verse 1. Now, Paul speaking to the Hebrews here, he's saying this in verse 1, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. My. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us, us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Hebrews chapter 5. We will read from verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he said unto them, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest, 
forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, now he was called to a purpose, called to a high calling, but it says now, as it, it's worked out on earth, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, he was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. So verse 7, he, tears and crying and, 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 and fear. We don't, we don't attribute these things to the Lord, but he was in flesh. As we, we spoke on Sunday, he was in the flesh, but it was the Spirit of God in that flesh. And it says in verse 9, and being made perfect. Now you think there had to be things happen that contributed on the earth to perfection. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. We'll just stop the reading there. God bless you. You may have your seats. I'll ask you just to stay open in the book of Hebrews. I've got another scripture I'd like to read here. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, the only way we can go on to perfection is Christ became perfect for us. Perfect sacrifice, a perfect redemption, a perfect conscience we can have under the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment, this will we do if God permit. Drop down to verse 9. Beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 11. And we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. And be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, Paul speaking to the Hebrews. The Hebrews had a lot of rituals. They had sacrifices. They had a continual repetition of feasts and, 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 and orders and such. And, and it was all designed as a type of Christ. And it was, it, was, it was them giving to God. But what happened was over time, it became a form. It just, it became a ritual. Well, let's go down, let's go offer our lamb, you know, da-da-da, and let's go do this. And, and Brother Branham would pick it up and he would say it, it became a stench in the nostrils of Jehovah. And now Paul is speaking to these same people, and he tells them in verse 2, he tells them, he says, don't let things slip. Don't neglect things. And then he goes on again, he's showing how even Christ and his calling, how he gave himself to his calling. He didn't, you know, he would have every right, I'm the Savior, you know, I've come down. No, but it was an example for us. And now he's telling us, we've also got to go on to perfection. Now, perfection is not just, I'm in the message, I've made it. Listen, if that's all it was, then why, why do we come service after service? We are not just, okay, well, I, I've, I've punched my ticket. I'm here. Well, there's a truth to that, but... To show that you really have it, you will actually go beyond and not just rest in that. So there's something that comes with it. So Paul is actually laboring here, telling them, you know, don't, don't just, you know, show diligence. Go with a full assurance of hope to the end. He says here in verse 13, do not be slothful. 
But he says, be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Now, let's just go down to, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Because he picks up this word again in verse, verse, did I say verse 5? Sorry, it's verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not haphazardly seek him. Not halfway seek him. But actually apply themselves, give themselves to it. So, so Paul is, is, is laboring here. He's, he's, he brings this up time and time again as he goes through the book of Hebrews. And he tells him, apply a diligence. Apply something to it. Now, let's just take one more chapter, one more scripture here now out of the book of Hebrews, and then we'll just try to set the thought. But this is in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Now, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us to glory and virtue. I mean, we have a calling like no other calling. We have seen things. Friends, Brother Branham would say in one place to the Branham Tabernacle, he says, with all that you have seen, you are now responsible. With all, that, all the miracles and all the things that God has done, we become responsible. So there's a responsibility that's on us. How we conduct ourselves with what we've got. And he says in verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So this is what we've been given. But now Peter labors in the same thought, and I'm not going to go through all the steps, but he says, beside this, giving all diligence. Again, he uses that word diligence. Diligence actually means a careful and persistent work or effort. Careful and persistent. You know, you can be, you can do a job. You can have the skill set to do a job. You can have the gift to do a job. And, and, and you can do it probably better than most people. But I just say it because sometimes as an employer, you look for the skill set. But you also look for the intangible. How do they do their job? How do they handle their tools? How do they handle the work site? If we're going to talk about, let's say, construction or something. How, how, how do they watch things? Do, you know, are, are they careful when, when they do? Do they put the safety glasses on? Do they put the, har the helmet on? Are, are, do they watch for overhead power lines? Because I'll tell you what, one mistake, and it can be a big deal, no matter how good you are at your job. And no matter what we're called to, you can be called to be a, a, a minister, a deacon, you can be called to be a tech or whatever, a singer, but it's how you handle what you've been given. Actually, it's your attitude towards it. It's how you do it that gives you the adoption. So this is, this is where we're laboring here today. So diligent, it's a careful and persistent work and effort. As, as, as Paul would say, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, I'm looking for the Holy Ghost. I'll come up and kneel at the altar. And you do it for five minutes. Brother Max, I appreciated your testimony. Brother Max, and, and, and we'll, we'll, Brother Max is going to speak for the young people on Friday. Friday is the young people's service. Now you all want to come, right? <laughs> I appreciate, he, he, he was just sharing how he was back in Ireland. He didn't have the goods, he said. You need the Holy Ghost, you need it. And they actually had set aside time as a church to have prayer and to do it. And he says, come, we're going we're gonna to have an evening prayer meeting. It's going to carry into the night, and, and you can pray with us. And, he, and, and I, I can't say it like you said it, but five minutes, he said, okay, I've done it. And they're still praying. Oh, man. Another five minutes. 
They're still praying. And after a while he says, I want what they got. And he entered in and he had an experience. Friends, I, 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 I can say, I'm, I'm going to say, we're, we're coming to the end of a year and we're going to a new year. I am not going to, I don't want to hold back. I, I feel a need that there are people in this church that need an experience with God. And if it gets uncomfortable, let it be. But I say you've got to meet God. You cannot adopt a Baptist theology even in the message. As long as you believe, you're okay. No, it says have you, have you received since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I believe the message, but have you received the goods? Well, I've accepted it. I'm accepted in the church. It's not good enough. It's got to be more than that. Sorry, it's a Wednesday night. I know I should behave, but... <laughs> if you're with me, say amen. Praise God for that. I want to see people come to a full birth, not a halfway birth. I'm going to remember the quote we heard in the tape here just a couple weeks back. What was the tape called? Total deliverance. Total deliverance, not halfway deliverance. And Brother Adam would say, if you're a Christian, God doesn't make halfway Christians. He makes complete Christians. Not halfway preachers, but a preacher can be halfway. God makes his, it's not God's intention for them to that way, but sometimes their own ways get mixed up with the plan of God for their life. And that's what makes them the way they are. But he doesn't want them to be halfway. That's why we're here tonight. So, uh, in, just in finishing the thought here, Paul would go on to say, sorry, Peter would go on to say here in in giving all diligence. And then he goes through these steps, and, and tonight's service is not about the steps. But I believe diligence is applied to every step, whether it's faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. There's got to be diligence applied to it. You can't just take and say, I've got the truth. You've got to diligently apply it and work with it. A home life and, 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 and a marriage, it's, it doesn't just happen because, you, you know, you had a feeling and you got a ring and now you go home and it's all going to be good. No, you actually have to work at it. You actually have to apply yourself to it. Raising children, it's not just, well, they'll grow up, you know, they're in the message, they come. No, you have to work at it. You have to apply yourself to it. So it says diligence. Let me, let me, let me finish in verse, let's go to verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren... Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now, you add this to what you've got. There's a promise in the last part of this verse. Look at the last part. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. You apply yourself with what God has given, you'll never fail. My, I want to I find myself in these pages. So my subject tonight is due diligence. Make your calling and election sure. So diligence, I already said, it's a careful, persistent work and effort. They have in the business world what's called due diligence. Not just diligence, but due diligence. No matter what you do, in a legal term, it's called doing due diligence. Let's say you're going to buy a car. Well, you know, it looks good. It's got nice seat covers. You know, it, 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 the engine's sparkly. Well, due diligence means you, you go a little further than that. You, you'll, you'll check it out. Hey, is there any liens against it? 
You, you get a, you get a, a, what is a Carfax report? You, 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 now you go check it out with the mechanic. You might not be a mechanic, but I better do some due diligence. Do you have the, the maintenance history on this vehicle? Do you, do you have this? And, and you know, if, if you're buying a new car, well, hopefully you have no troubles. But if it's an older car, I, I don't think I've ever bought a new car. I've always had an older car. But you do your due diligence. If you buy a piece of land or you do something, you've got to do a little bit of background work. You can't just slide in and say, well, it just dropped in my lap. That's it. It's good. I, I can't just prepare for a service. You know, some, some preachers, they go to sleep and they put the Bible under their pillow and they wake up with a message. I can't do that. In fact, I didn't even know what I was going to preach. After Brother Andrew preached on Sunday night, I think he preached it all. And I was looking for something that I could find, and I did. I found something. It's the maps. And I started to preach out of the maps. I thought he left me something after all. <laughs> did you enjoy the service on Sunday night? That was wonderful. <laughs> I waited till he was out of the room before I said that. He's coming in. Don't shh. Don't tell him. Quiet. <laughs> did you hear that, Brother Andrew? Okay, you'll have to listen to the service afterwards and... So, so due diligence, it, it's, you, you, you've got to, in, in, even in business, in the way you conduct business, you know, you might have a clientele and, you know, you do the job and, well, due diligence sometimes means you follow up after. You, you say, are you happy with it? Is there anything wrong? You do service work. You maintain it. You, you, you do extra. You go beyond. You know, you don't, you don't just say, well, I'm a Christian. Everybody should respect me. You, you got to give them something to respect. You, you know, Make, make yourself lovable. Don't make yourself like, well, I, I demand it comes. No. Go and do some due diligence. I want some friends. Then be friendly. I, you know, and, 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 and don't just make the conversation about yourself. How, how are you doing, brother? How's work going? Well, how, you know, and, and begin to engage. Why? Because we're a body. We're part of a people. You know, if you got a car... You know, you think, this is a wonderful car. It's got a good track record. You know, it'll last for so many miles. It, you know, it, it'll... How, how many miles did you say you had in our Corolla, Michael? 350. He said it's starting to wear out. You realize he hasn't done an oil change the last 50,000. And he can't figure it out. No, that's... <laughs> and if you have a car, you've got to do regular maintenance. You've got to do oil changes. You've got to check things. And, and if you don't, you're neglecting it. You're not taking care of it properly. Okay, so that, that's diligence. Negligence is failure to take care of something or in doing something. So negligence. Now let's, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take a little bit of the, to do diligence, I'm going to have to take the negligence side. So I'm going to skip some, some, some scriptures here, Sister Ruth, so just... Stay with me, but I'm just going to go back to Hebrews chapter 2 for a moment. It says, don't let things slip in verse 1. And, and then it says, if we neglect so great a salvation. Now, Brother Bannon would say this. It's so easy for Christians to become dilatory. Just neglecting to pray. Neglecting to testify. Neglecting to do what's right. Oh, we had a good service Sunday. You know what? I'll just ride on the coattails of that as I go out Monday morning. Actually, if you think about the greatest meeting they ever had in the, in, in the, uh, in the Bible was at the day of Pentecost. And afterwards, 3,000 souls were saved. Man, they should have just carried on for weeks on that. But what did they do? The next day, at the hour of prayer, as Peter was going to the temple in the line of duty, still doing what you have to do. Because you have to feed your experience. You have to feed the Holy Ghost in you. So he says, we become dilatory, neglecting to pray. Now, I'm as human as every one of you. I, 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 and I, I say, it's easy just to let down on that. You have to take time for it. You know what you can do? You can cultivate it. You can cultivate a prayer life. You can start with five minutes. But as you give the Lord those five minutes, 
You can make it 10 minutes by just fellowshipping with him. By entering in with him. And he says, now he would say also, we neglect to testify. I could take this right out of the message, Hebrews chapter 2. And Brother Branham rebukes the tabernacle. He says, one day you're going to find yourself cold, formal, and backslidden. Because you neglect to give God glory. And you neglect to testify. Now think about that. Now negligence is not something that shows up the minute you start doing it. Negligence doesn't show up the day you skip out on prayer. The week that you aren't as fervent. The month that you weren't what you used to be. Three, four months down the road. It might start showing up. But where did it start? You've got to go back to what you lost, your first love. You've got to go back and apply yourself. Show the Lord you mean business, and he'll mean business with you. Negligence doesn't just happen all at once. Now he would also go on to say, we are so dilatory, Lord, so destructive to waste and be selfish. Forgive us, Lord. We plead for mercy. You actually listen to Brother Branham, and he'll say, Lord, I've been so dilatory. I've neglected. I, I haven't done what I should have. If I would have applied myself, I could have won millions of more souls for you. Now, I, I believe God's got it all in control, but I think, I, I just say, Lord, give me the right attitude. Give me the right approach. He would also say this because in Hebrews 2 it says, if we neglect so great a salvation. Now what, what's, what's neglecting a salvation? Like if you're saved, you're saved. Listen, I'm, I'm, I told you I'm jumping around. So go with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers that stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. Now that's what the law had commanded them to do, but Jesus directs them. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. Why? They've received their healing. Wow, let's go on. Let's have a good time. But now, verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and in quiet whispers glorified God. No, it says, with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan. <laughs> and Jesus answered him and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There were not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And now listen to these words. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. He had something that the other nine didn't have. My, oh my, you know, we, we, Brother Branham would, would take it. I, I came across this, and I, I, I just was so, I, I just thought, isn't that the human nature? Isn't, isn't that Ed Hammermeister sometimes? Let me put myself in the, in, the, in the boat here. He says, Israel always got out of harmony with God. Instead of turning back to the Lord, they always turned away from him again. God, deliver us, deliver us, help us, save us. And he delivered him, and then they went out again. And he says, and he says we'll get so sick. The baby will be so sick till we don't know what to do. Mother will wring her hands, and her dad will say, Oh God, we'll serve you if you heal this baby. And the baby gets well. And then you forget about it negligent, what, just to give thanks. I, and I just share, that, I, and this is not to glorify Ed Hammerman, but it's something God's dropped in on my heart. 
When I come to the end of the day and I rehearse the day with the Lord in prayer and I say, Lord, thank you for doing this. That was you and I, I appreciate it. I want to say thank you. And you know what it does? I, I go to bed satisfied. I believe God's satisfied. And the next day I woke and say, and I commit the day to him again. Why? At the, at the beginning of the day, you, you take time and you give it to him. You, 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 you have burdens. You give your needs to him. At the end, give him thanks. The, the, the lepers, but one return to give him thanks. How would you feel? You give your child something new and then they just run out the door. They forget about the giver. They love the gift, but they forget about the giver. Remember. Let's remember him. He's worthy of it. I want to walk with him. He said, then you forget about it. See, it's so easy to forget about it. He says, now he'll, he, same paragraph. He goes, you'll see an accident that almost took your life and you'll say, oh, I could have died. Lord, thank you for sparing me. I'm going to serve you. And then you forget about it. See? And till one's done caught you and then it's too late. People usually forget God. They don't always do it. Thank God for that. It's so easy to forget him when everything's going good. And then, you know, he said, if you neglect him. And now I'm just going to take this back to you. You can neglect your salvation. You can come service after service. And you know the Holy Spirit's tugging you, dealing with you. And you just, some other day. You can neglect him so far, and he says, till one day when your calamity comes, the Bible says he'll laugh at you. Why? I was calling you. I, I, I implored you to come, and you put it off. You neglected it. There's a word called procrastination. We don't like to deal with issues in our life. We don't like to deal with the things God's putting his finger on. Uh, you know, we're, we're like Agrippa, some more convenient day. Uh, not, not today, Lord. I, I've got a social event after the, the service. And I, I don't want I, I to I be all, I don't want to look bad. My friend's beside me. Uh, what are they going to think of me, Lord? I, I'll do it at home. Sometimes it's right there. Sometimes it's right then. Friends, we're not going to go in with your friends by your side. You're going to go before the Lord alone. You can talk about peer pressure out there. There's peer pressure in here. Some of it's imposed on us. What are they, what's the church going to think? You know, my dad's a deacon. What's the church going to think? You know, you know I, I, I've, got a, I've got a reputation. What's the Lord going to think? He says, calamity will come. Now, I need to just take a few scriptures. I, I want to just move quickly. Paul, Paul, Paul would say, you, Brother Vanderman says, you need an experience. You can't neglect your salvation. You need to know something has met you, and you've met something. And he, and he would go further than that. He says, some people go to church year after year, day after day, revival after revival, and they will not accept the invitation. They don't mean to turn it down, but they just neglect doing it. We don't come to church just to hear a good sermon. We don't come to hear good singing. We come to worship. We come to have an encounter with God. Don't neglect your salvation. And he says, there's one thing that you don't just inherit. That's eternal life. He says, you only do that by following Jesus by a born-again experience. Doesn't matter how much revelation the church has, you need a born again experience. He said, Don't neglect that. And he says, Paul would say, No matter what kind of an experience, how good it is, how, how real it is, it must be tested by the Bible. Friends, I'll, I'll tell you what, there is, uh, there's deception in the land. I've had emotion. You might be leaning emotionally, and you might accept that easier. But if it doesn't line up with the Word, you, you've got to make sure, you've got to test your experience. 
You might be a little more carnal and intellectual. No, I don't, sorry, I don't want to use the word carnal. You might just lean more to an intellectualist side. You believe it, it grips you. But I'll tell you what, if it doesn't, if it doesn't become a reality, not just up here intellectually, in your heart, it's got to be real. It's got to be something you stand on. And God tests you with it. He tests me with it. Listen, the bride is going to be tested like no other people on the face of the earth. They're not just tested by denomination, what you came out of it, but we'll be tested on every word of God. And we've got to take every word of God. Okay, let's... I'm going to jump around a bit here. Let's, let's just look at some instruction. Let's go to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6. This is one of the wisest men in the Bible. He gives us he gives some instruction here. Let's, let's start with verse 3. He says, Now do this now, my son. Deliver yourself when you come unto the hand of your friend. Humble yourself. Make sure thy friend. I, I, I would just say this. I, this is a whole different service, but I, I just want to say communication. The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. You can let, in, in the age of social media, texting, uh, all kinds of things, we let things out and in that we should never let in and out sometimes. We, we've got to be very careful. Let the Holy Spirit check you. Don't be so quick to send it out. And then you regret sending it out. Or post something and, and it's there. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Sometimes it's just your flesh. Check it out. Yes, this, this isn't in my notes, but, you know, and then the, I'll take a service on communication one day because it's, it's critical. The Bible also says to do good and communicate, forget not. There, there's the positive side. Nothing wrong with sometimes somebody's on your heart, just call them up. And the Bible said, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Brother, I've been thinking about you. You know, and, and, and pray and just... Be, be in touch with the Holy Spirit. Let God do it. I, I, I tell you, I just, a brother was on my heart, was on my heart, and I just finally called him. And I called him, and he shared a quote with me that I'm so thankful. And I immediately shared it with somebody else. And I thought, man, am I ever glad I called him. And he was telling me, am I ever glad I called you. I, got a, I, I met a man year, some years ago, I was... I was in the States and I was ministering. And the brother, just, just a simple, humble country farm boy. God, he, he was in the message, but he couldn't live it. And it was parents that prayed for him and distraught. And finally, one day, God got a hold of him. And he, and he, he just, he said, I can't live this, Lord. He says, you don't have to. Just give it to me. And ever since then, he's been on a course 25 years, and he's a minister of the gospel. And, he, and, he, and I just, every time I, anyway, he's just a simple, you, you know, he's probably one of those people that you wouldn't, you'd almost shun because of how he is. You know, sometimes, friends, God looks on the heart. We look on the outward. Man looks on the outward. But, you know, he, he did something for me. I, I was ministering a service, and he, he came into the back office before the service, he says, Brother Ed, it's so good to have you here. You're such a blessing to me. He says, and he gave me a little Ziploc bag. And in the Ziploc bag, he had a handkerchief. He had throat lozenges. He had things that ministers would, would benefit from. And he put it all there and he says, just to let you know, I've prayed for you and may these things be a blessing. I just about broke down. And then I heard this just a couple weeks ago, this brother's going through a trial. I, I didn't have his number, I didn't have his name, but I asked somebody for it, and I called him up, and we, we talked on the phone, we started crying after half an hour. And he just broke down, he says, Brother Ed, what your call today, you don't know what this has done for me. I said, Brother, I said, 
how could it wasn't me I said but what you did back there God brought to my remembrance and God's given it back to you today and he's now he's just communicating God's pleased with that there's the real way of communicating we could go the carnal way is that okay that wasn't in my notes that was a free infomercial for five minutes Proverbs chapter 6, he says, no, make sure you're a friend. Make sure you're the church you go to. Do your diligence. Make sure who your friends are. Are they dragging me down or are they bringing me up? And he says, give not sleep to thine eyes nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Now he says this, and he uses this example. Go to the ant. Thou sluggard, you human being with your dilatory, negligatory ways, look at the ant. This is, hey, I know it's hard to look at the ant in the middle of winter, but <laughs> he says, go to the ant, you sluggard. What's a sluggard? Somebody who's dilatory. Just, uh, I'll get to it when I get to it. How did you like to work with somebody like that? Pass me the hammer? Yeah, just let me finish my sandwich here. <laughs> Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Now, which having no guide. In other words, there's nobody watching you punch your clock in. You know, and, and nobody with a union you know, mentality supervising. No, I'm just going to do this because I'm a Christian. And God has dealt with me. And my life on earth here is an expression of Him. In my job, in my school, in how I take care of my things. Uh, listen, we all have things that are not the way they should be. But I'll tell you what, put God first. The other things will take care of themselves. And he says... Consider this ant, he says, which, which having no guide or overseer or ruler. You know, there's, I, I'm convinced that if the more we go on, there's going to be one who is going to be so lifted up in our midst. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He will reign and rule like nobody else. He will do what the minister can't do from the pulpit. He will do what the deacons can't do when they have to check something out. He will do what mom and dad can't do. But when he is Lord, when he is first place, then everything comes into order. And he says, now listen, they have no guide, no overseer, no ruler. They provide their meat in the summer and gather their food in the harvest. So in other words, while everybody's out suntanning, they're working. Right? Right? And he says, and then when winter comes, they're ready to go. And hey, you know, there's a group of people like that in the Bible. They were called the wise virgins. They had oil in their lamp. They came to services. They thought it was important that I'm in church. They thought it was important to have a prayer life. They thought it was important. And when the hour of great temptation comes, they were ready for it. But there was another group of people who were just dilatory. High class of people, virgins, but they didn't have the same attitude or mentality or approach to things. So he says, they gather their food in the harvest. And here comes the question again. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of thy sleep? I know of many a parent tells this to their teenager. Awake, oh sluggard. <laughs> okay, it'll be repeated now. <laughs> the minister said it from the pulpit. You know, sometimes it's like, really? Breakfast is done, cleaned up. It's 10.30 on a Saturday, 11 o'clock. Hey, what's for breakfast? Breakfast? It's lunchtime. I just got up. Sometimes they miss lunch, too. Anyway, that's another story. Oh, don't, don't let this come to my household. And, and you got two to pick from. So anyway. <laughs> How long, when wilt thou arise out of this sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, 
a little folding of the hands to sleep. Now just, just a little, let's just ease up a bit here. Let, let's not get too serious about this church thing. Just, just let's take it easy, come on. No, just, just that attitude, if, you're, if it's unchecked, will take you further than you want to go. So shall thy poverty. Remember, negligence doesn't show up the minute it starts. It's down the road. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy, thy want as an armed man. Let's Listen, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. Proverbs 24. This will follow in the same train of thought. Proverbs 24. This is verse... I was going to start from verse 30, but let's... Let's just back up verse 27. Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build your house. In other words, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I got a credit card. I'll just purchase this. You know what? That's a trap of the enemy if you're not careful. He says, prepare your work, Build up something and then spend it. Don't spend it and hope to get it after. Build something up. Start to build up some, some credibility. Start to build up some goodwill. Start to build up some, something that God can honor. You know, come to service. Lord, just bless me, bless me, bless me. No, I'll tell you what. Sometimes the blessing that you have in the revival or the special meetings started many, many months before when you set your face to pray, when you set your face to the Lord, and then the Lord will answer in that time. Let's go to verse 30. This is the anti-type of it now. <coughs> Here's another field. There was two fields. There was a field, you know, prepare your work. He said, I went by the field of the slothful. And by the vineyard of the man that was void of understanding. Lo, it was all grown over with thorns. And nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. And I looked and I considered it well. How did this happen? How did this train wreck happen? It didn't happen that moment. It took time. There was events preceding this. Something was missing somewhere. Maybe it was neglect of a prayer life. Maybe it was neglect of feeding the, the Holy Ghost with the Word. Maybe it was a neglect of, of just maintaining good habits. Maybe it was just a neglect of promiscuous clothes that were just on the edge Maybe it was just foolish conversation all the time. How did it happen? It didn't happen that moment. It started somewhere. What are we talking about? Due diligence on a Wednesday night or on a Monday morning or, or tomorrow morning. Due diligence. Apply yourself. Give yourself to it. For if you do these things, you will never fail. I saw it, I considered, I looked on it, and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Same train of thought. Brother Arm, let me, let me just take, we're not going to be long, we're just going to take a few things. Let me take this. Brother Branham talks about yourself. Because we're really, we're, it's between us and God. It's the individual. Your natural body, he said, it's very dangerous to neglect the warning signs that your body gives you. He says, if you neglect what God gives, and then if you go to a doctor and you have a need, and you neglect it, he says, it can be very dangerous. Or if you take it the wrong way. Now he would talk about it in, in the message thirst and he would say David was talking about a thirst for water. The body is in need of water. If you don't supply the thirst, you'll perish. You'll dehydrate. You won't live. If you can't get to water to quench the natural, you won't live long. You can live longer without food than you can without water. 
Now he's bringing this natural. So thirst comes on you to tell you that you need something. Your conscience warns you when you're going the wrong direction. Also, that little tug, that little burning. You know what? I, I've got to get to a message. I've got to get and pray somewhere. I've got to talk to the Lord. Friends, social interaction will never take the place of God and you alone. Oh, these are Christian friends. That doesn't, doesn't even come remotely close to time with God. Oh, I'm going out with Christians. Don't, don't use that as a form of religion. You need more than that. This is your body crying out. And everybody's built differently. Some people are people people. People persons. Let me say it that way. They love feed off people, get energy off people. I'll tell you what. I... I uh, anyway, I'm, you probably think I'm strange anyway, so I'm going to say, when I was a young person, I, I, I enjoyed getting out a little bit. But there came a point where I had to say, okay, it's time for me to sign off. And, and I would slip away. Well, you're just kind of a strange guy, brother. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But, but I'll tell you what, and, and you might think you're misunderstood, but I'll tell you what, part of that, part of that was a craving to be with God. And I'll tell you what, as a young person, I'm so glad I fed that. Because I can tell you today, when I was just a young man, about reading the seals, and I can tell you about quotes that still come to me. I can tell you about scriptures that still come to me. Why? Because something was given to that. This is not to lift up, brother. I'm just telling you my own experience. You need to have a walk with God. This is self so thirst is an alarm. Sometimes, you know, and, and, and here's the dangerous thing. That alarm's going off, and you're about to go, and then your phone buzzes. Oh, brother, sister. And a little bit of conversation, and it's gone. You know, you can actually be bigger than that. You can say, I don't need to answer that. I'm putting that down. I'm not putting that right next to my prayer chamber. I'm putting that in the other room where I can be alone with God and I don't need this distraction. This is time for me and God. I'll tell you, you show God you mean business and God will mean business with you. This thirst comes. Now he says, if you neglect the thirst, you will die. He said, now here, these, these are... I know that we all live in the city, but let's just take it for what it is. You neglect to milk the cow when the udder is full of milk and you let the cow stay like that and she'll dry up. Okay, that didn't ring a lot of bells here. There's not a lot of farmers here. It applies spiritually. God is calling. He's pulling. He's pulling. You put it off. You put it off. You won't even feel the pull after a while. That's a dangerous place. He says, if you neglect to take a drink of water, he says, I ain't going to drink anymore. He says, you'll die. Now here's the statement. You neglect to give the Holy Spirit the word of God and you'll die. We can read social media pages, we can read, we can listen to sports, we can check websites, but I'll tell you what, everything there is second place compared to this. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that, but give this first place. Give the prophet's voice first place. Listen, let me take it the next paragraph. This is in the message thirst. You neglect to read the Bible. Now it's more than just reading. And to believe the Bible. And let the Holy Spirit feed on that and you will die. Okay, I read my verses. Click. Done. No, actually it means, Lord, what are you speaking to me? How does this apply to me? 
Listen to his words. He says, you take a little here, a little there. He says, we call that a Bible hitchhiker. <laughs> Think of that for a moment. Ah, oh, just drop it on the surface. Hey, that was good. Bing, off you go. <laughs> you don't even have a car. You're just hitching a ride here or there. <laughs> he said, the day we're living in is such a religious perversion. He says it again. You neglect to feed the Holy Spirit the Word of God. And he says, you feed it the wrong thing. It'll, and if it's a genuine Holy Spirit, it'll know the difference. Now, I'm saying this to all of us, but I said, because you can have the Holy Ghost. And, and the prophet would say, or the Bible would say in Ephesians, he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. You actually have God in you, but you can grieve it. Why? By a word you say sometimes. And then when you leave it, and then when you know it's wrong, and then you leave it unchecked, and you, and you don't do due diligence in making it right with God... Uh, we, we heard it in the message we just listened to, Total Deliverance. Brother Adam says, I did wrong. And he went to pray for somebody and God wouldn't honor it. He didn't just go back and confess it in, in a secret place. He went back to the attorney. He went back to his wife. He went back to everyone. And he said, Lord, I did wrong. And then he went back to God. He showed God, I mean business. The word, he says, now remember, the word of God is what the Holy Spirit feeds on. It does not feed on enthusiasm. It does not feed on education. Here's a good one. It does not feed on church going. It does not feed on theologies. Oh, there were some scriptures there that I had. You know, endless genealogies and such. Avoid it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's lots of questions being raised around the message. Well, this and this and that. I'll tell you what, the devil was smart enough to know that you can't go back and fact check something 60 years ago. Pretty hard to find something that happened 10 years ago. The Bible says, avoid it. What good does it do? Okay, that was just, so I could take more time on self. But it's not a half-hearted approach. Brother Brown actually would tell somebody, he says, you know, because our attitude sometimes is, Lord, just bless me. You know, when you do it, Lord, then I'll give myself to you. No, actually, sometimes you need to give the Lord something to honor. I, I couldn't find the quote before the service, but Brother Harold, you might know it. But it was, it was where a man had said, I, I, I want to go more. He said, until, and he says, until you uh, commit yourself to God in, in a greater way, that's as far as you go. Sometimes you go in a circle, in a circle, in a circle, and we, we hit our head against the wall, we stub our toe, we do the same thing over. Lord, what are you trying to tell me? If the prophet was told to bind the serpent, you must be more sincere. There's something for all of us. Okay, let's just deal with this one quickly. This is, this is, just, a, a, this is just a little quick checkup at the clinic. This isn't a full-blown medical checkup. This is just putting the thermometer on, checking the signals, and, and just doing it. Just, we come to church to check up, right? The doctor's in the house, okay? Family. We can neglect our family. Even doing church things. The world's looking for something. When your wife told you she'd be your sweetheart and wife, she was looking for somebody to love her. And you promised you'd be her husband... He was, he was looking for somebody that when he would come in tired and weary from working all day, some little wife to put her arms around him and kindly brush his hair back, tell him how much she loved him. And Brother Bannon puts it this way, and he says, so these are good things. And you can methodically, you know, go through, you know, the routine. Hey, honey, hi, hi. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's good to stop. Okay, this is for married folks only. Every once in a while, it's good to come, grab your wife, 
Put your arms around her. Dip her. <laughs> My wife is listening in. She knows that I do this sometimes. And she's dizzy. <laughs> I said, so was it the sight of you that made me dizzy? No, you pushed me down too hard. <laughs> it's good to do that. And your husband comes home and he doesn't really want to talk and you just go over and just rub his head a little bit and sit on his lap and, and just talk. And Your wife isn't here either? My. We're going to repeat this, Brother Moses. <laughs> There's some people that needed to be in this service today. So Brother Ram says you can neglect that. You can take it for granted. Listen to the statement. Hear ye him. That's what causes separation in families is the neglect of love. That's what causes separation in churches. Neglect of love. You've got to have love. There's no rules about love. Just do it anyhow. Family, we call each other brother, sister. We're family. The best people in this city that you can have friendship with often are right here. And I don't just, I'm not exclusive to this church. It's the believers. It's the ones who are born of God. You know, sometimes we, we, we just put people in a box. Oh, that's their culture. That's who they are. And you know what sometimes it's good to do? Don't just go to the same circle of friends. Invite somebody different over. I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, you'll say, wow, I didn't know they did that. I didn't know. Well, you never invited them over before. How would you know? But we sometimes just take what the flesh wants. And, and we take these little things. Friends, and I'm not just saying on that level, but even within families, you can be cliquish. You, with, with your circle of friends, you can be cliquish. Step outside of that once in a while. Don't be so selfish. Listen, say it to everybody here. If you're a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old, you know, there's somebody looking up to you. You know, sometimes I, my, you, know you, you can have people who look up to you and they want to be like you and then if you brush them off, you actually call, cause damage. Take time. Say hello to somebody. Stop and consider them. Oh, Brother Ed, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You, you should be talking about Melchizedek and how he came down and such and such. No, this is part of the book of Hebrews. One of the best messages you can ever listen to is Christ, the mystery of God revealed. And the prophet said something that is so profound. You want to hear it? Say nice things about one another. <laughs> Brother so-and-so, oh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> your attitude betrays your inside voice that's resonating and reverberating. Say nice things. Listen, friends, we are the receiving set. We are the womb. What we present is what the Holy Spirit comes to. The more you can go outside of yourself, well, I'm saved, I've got what I need, you know, we're going to make it, da, 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 I've got... Why is all of these scriptures in the Bible? Go on to perfection. It's necessary for part of you to feed somebody else in the body. It's necessary for, for fathers to spend time with children. For mothers and fathers to spend time together. It's we can neglect these things. I had a whole bunch of other things here, but I feel like that was good enough for today. Let's have the musicians come. Missed a whole bunch of scriptures, but I think the ones that came out came out. Said a bunch of things that I didn't want to say, but the Holy Spirit said it. Said some things I wanted to say. It's all good. <laughs> Let's stand together. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they'll be saved. The name of the Lord is a 
Be the name. 